0: Hello and welcome to This Week Explained. I am Tiana.
1: And I'm Kervin.
0: And today we will be discussing the big geopolitical events of the week. But first we wanted to let you guys in on a little secret. Um, 2023 is going to be huge for Oakland Analytics and this podcast. You know we're going to continue covering geopolitics as a whole. So we know you guys don't want to be in the dark when all that stuff hits the fan cuz everybody knows we haven't solved anything this year as far as, far as geopolitics has gone if anything not we've at all. added added to the problem i'm not saying us i'm saying the world as a whole is on fire
1: <laughs> specific world leaders have decided
0: specific world leaders and governments that think they know what's best for everybody yeah but you know well we can't get into what we're going to be doing yet but if you are following us on social media, you will begin to see small hints at what is going to be in store once we hit January 1st,
1: 2023. Yeah, and you know, you said the be small hints, but the changes are, are they're going to be huge. Um, Very it, it's exciting. Going to look a lot different uh, for our company, for you guys that follow us, um, and I think it's it's interesting what's going to be happening. Uh, you guys don't want to miss it.
0: Don't say, int- he's literally been busting his rear to make all these changes. He's been working very hard. Very excited, very proud of him. Let's just get into what what's on your radar this week.
1: All right, so we're going to go through quite a few conflicts um, this week because it's, It's not just Russia, Ukraine, but as always, we're going to start with that. Uh, Mm -hmm. We're going to get into China, which I have China versus India, uh, plus the rest of the world, and we'll get into what all that is. But staying there, we're going to go into the strategic support force, um, which we did a post about, and then talk Turkey and Greece, uh, who are on the verge of conflict uh, every month, it seems, now in this year. Yeah, for Um, real. There was also a show of force against North Korea by the United States. Um, we'll get into the ramifications of that or the possible ramifications of that. There were some hostage releases this week. Um, and if you've been following the account, you'll you'll know those. And we have a lot to talk about with that. Um, and then, history's mysteries. Be remiss if we didn't do one for Christmas, which is difficult because there's not a lot that happens in the <laughs> world of espionage for Christmas. Or at uh, least we'll, that you know about, right? Yeah, um, and, and I don't know it all, so <laughs> there probably is something that I'm missing. But we'll talk about Agent Snow. Um, that's about as close to Christmas as I'll get.
0: <laughs> it's like all the curry, Kore- <laughs> the Korean Christmas songs that our kids made us listen to yesterday. All of them were just about winter, but they're considered Christmas songs. But they just yes, we had quite winter. the
1: K-pop Christmas.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can I be honest for a second? Shaker bottles suck. Your protein shakes always come out clumpy, and you look like an idiot using the thing. That's why I decided to ditch my shaker bottle for good and get myself a Blendjet 2 portable blender. It makes perfectly blended protein shakes in just 20 seconds. Blendjet 2 is portable, so you can blend up a smoothie at work, a protein shake at the gym, or even a margarita on the beach. It's small enough to fit in a cup holder, but powerful enough to blast through tough ingredients like ice and frozen fruit with ease. BlendJet 2 is whisper quiet, so you can make your morning smoothie without waking up the whole house. It lasts for 15 plus blends and recharges quickly via USB-C. Best of all, BlendJet 2 cleans itself. Just blend water with a drop of soap and you're good to go. These portable blenders come in a ton of different colors, I happen to love the nostalgia of the Lisa Frank design, but there are designs for everyone from camo to Disney characters. What are you waiting for? Go to blendjet.com and grab yours today. And be sure to use the promo code this week 12 that's this week one word, and the number 12, to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. No other portable blender on the market comes close to the quality, power, and innovation of the Blendjet 2. They guarantee you'll love it, or your money back. Blend anytime, anywhere with the BlendJet 2 portable blender. Go to BlendJet.com and use the code THISWEEK12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. Shop today and get the best deal ever. Anyways, what is going on um, in the war in Ukraine?
1: Okay, so as far as like boots on the ground and troop movements um, and like actual territorial battles, there has been very little this week. Uh, But that doesn't mean there isn't anything happening that's changing the landscape in Ukraine. So Russia continues to send missiles and kamikaze drones to wreak havoc on critical infrastructure in multiple Ukrainian uh, cities. Citizens against Ukrainian (laughs) citizens in their cities. Yes, you were trying Uh,
0: to, you know, put those two words together citizens in cities.
1: I was, and there is no wine today. So, no wine, we're
0: drinking sparkling water. And we, and before that, we had cups of matcha green tea with brown rice in it. So,
1: hey, we're Mm. taking this seriously, guys. Yeah. Um, so, like I was saying, that that will that does include the capital city of Ukraine, Kev. Um, mm-hmm. now, as we've mentioned previously on, on previous episodes, the, uh, return of the critical infrastructure that Russia is destroying is going to take at least six months before it's all, um, and, and that is sort of a conservative estimate from the Ukrainians Yeah. Uh, before all that is fixed. Now, I will say some areas of Ukraine right now do not have six months, um, cause they're trying to keep warm during the winter.
0: Right? Well, <clears throat> I know that President Zelensky traveled to Washington D.C. this past week. So, can you please let us know what is going on there?
1: I sure can. As Eloise runs down the stairs and tells me she needs to be fed. It's not uh, but...
0: seven p.m. She's got um, some time to wait.
1: Um. So yeah, Zelensky. Uh, we got. I got an alert. What, two nights ago that he was yeah. coming to D.C.? Um, and that was to speak with U.S. President Joe Biden and U.S. Congress, which he did yesterday. Or, well, mm-hmm. we're recording on Thursday. So he did that on Wednesday. Um, now, the, the main narrative of his speech was that Ukraine needs more money and supplies if they're going to beat Russia in this war. Um, and if they beat Russia in this war, that would be to keep Ukraine an independent country outside of Putin's new Soviet Union.
0: He seems to ask for more money and equipment frequently. Like he did that love letter to France and, you know, he keeps, you know, asking the U.S. for more money. Has he gotten any pushback since he arrived in D.C.? Because I can see how that wouldn't sit well with people because he even said that he wasn't going to pay back the United States.
1: Right. if Um, If he did get the money. Correct. He he said in part of his speech to Congress that he has mm-hmm. no intentions of having Ukraine repay the United States. Now right. that could all change because they could force him to. But um, yeah, I will say that some House Republicans have become increasingly critical um, of sending more U.S. aid to Ukraine, which you know the. That usually gets seen as, well, Republican... you would rather
0: send it to big business than well, yeah, that's, Ukraine. Because it's that not like is, they're helping homeless people here either, or immigrants, or, you know, just people that need more resources. They're not... Like, what do they want with the money? Oh, they want to put it towards whatever they're lobbying at that point in time.
1: Sorry. So that is definitely Woo! the real reason why they wouldn't want but some would yeah. view it as uh republicans pro-russia stance they don't want to help ukraine because they'd rather be helping russia but, but um I don't that's think that's, it. that's not the case with uh, representative warren davidson of ohio he's a republican mm-hmm. from ohio um to which he said that the u.s needs to spend more money securing its own borders than it does sending aid to kiev Um, That's the common message of Republicans in the U.S. uh, as they see a migrant crisis along the border with Mexico as a far greater national security threat than Russia's advances in Ukraine. Um, Republicans have also introduced legislation to audit the money that has so far been sent to Ukraine.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Now, that legislation asks President Biden to send documentation of the money spent. You and I both know that that is not going to happen.
0: Oh, but they should be I feel like they should be doing that anyways
1: yeah they should be doing that with our taxes
0: yeah absolutely oh gosh but don't. we'll
1: stay silent on that one
0: <laughs> you know let's not go on that tangent that's a
1: <laughs> so that's I, a
0: rabbit hole we sound like complete anarchists sometimes because I feel like we crap on everybody
1: <laughs> yeah and I like it um I'm there for it so
0: you give credit I, when credit is due and then you also get called out when you're being a jerk <laughs>
1: That's 100% what we try to do here. Yeah. Um, so I will say I see this as a systemic spending problem in the U.S. As far as yeah. the government goes, I don't think they're trying to like hide shady things that are going about, but that also happens. But uh, yeah, that, that's for a, a different podcast about how taxes <laughs> should be. Um, <laughs>
0: Or what we think should happen, even though yeah. I I'm a civilian who has no background in government at all, other than being married to somebody who works, and <laughs> that's basically where all my knowledge comes from. Is just you oh, seeing you You have lots of knowledge. In
1: okay, every I, I mean, just like
0: reading things.
1: The but, antique court parties were were quite informative sometimes oh. for everybody. <laughs>
0: go that's a throwback. Okay. Yeah. We let's let's not quit. I mean, let's not quit. Let's quit talking about our personal stuff and let's get back to the actual <laughs> the actual topic of conversation here. So, as things slow down in Ukraine, it appears that more countries are getting in if not conflict, but skirmishes at the very least. Yeah. What is happening on the border of China and India?
1: So, uh, over the last few weeks, Indian and Chinese force- forces have mm-hmm. clashed in the disputed Tawang sector. And this is after Indian forces said the People's Liberation Army, which is you know China's army, mm-hmm. contacted India's line of control in that Tawang sector. Um, that encounter led to the Indian troops responding, which they said led to minor injuries to few personnel from both sides.
0: Can you explain the Tuong sector and what the dispute is there?
1: Yeah, so India and China share this disputed uh, border that's about 2,100 miles long. Wow. Um, It's a lot of space. It is called the Line of Actual Control or the LAC. (laughs) That's what they call it. Okay. Um, And it is very poorly differentiated. Uh, So there is really no kind of So, they disagree.
0: They disagree on what the line is. Okay.
1: Yep. And this leads to, at times, soldiers on either side coming face to face at uh, many number of points along the border. So, when that happens, tensions sometimes escalate into skirmishes or clashes, just like the one that happened here. So, it's not uncommon, but it is important to discuss as we move into 2023. And we're going to be keeping a close eye on China.
0: So, in the intro, you said China versus India but also the world. Any Mm -hmm. new updates with what they have been up to this week?
1: Yeah, sure. Let's get into a few things. So first, Chinese President Xi Jinping held a phone conversation with German President Frank-Walter Stunmeyer. And Xi said China is willing to work together with Germany to push a China-Germany relationship to a new level and open up 50 years of successful bilateral relations in the future.
0: 50 whole years, huh? Shooting yep. for the stars.
1: And he'll be dead Will, by then. Huh? He'll be dead by then. Oh, Xi? Yeah, well or, both of them probably.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, Germany align their economy with China or, you know, possibly forcing them to align militarily?
1: Yeah, so Germany is already somewhat aligned economically with China, um as okay. they've had a relationship for over 50 years now, looking for 50 more years. Yeah. But, um, you know, so does the U.S. They have an economic relationship with China. Many other European Union countries have a similar relationship. The fascinating part of the release from the conversation is that Germany's president confirmed that Germany still firmly adheres to the one-China policy, which U.S. President Joe Biden does does as well, but we all know behind the scenes what the... Uh, uh, what they really feel with Taiwan. Um, But also that Germany is ready to work with China to promote the further development of that German-Chinese relationship in what they called a spirit of mutual respect, openness, and tolerance. So this particular one is going to be an important event to keep tracking because uh, recently Germany has started to be the hub for talks on future conflicts. Uh, They... As we've noted several occasions, they're being cautious with sending resources to Ukraine. Um, They are dealing with their own migrant crisis that they've been dealing with for about five to six years now. Mm -hmm. Oh, by the way, Nazis are back. They have come out of the shadows and they are back in Germany.
0: History really does repeat itself, huh? Yeah. Well, are there any other countries that you want to discuss that are working with or against China?
1: I'll get into one that's not going to surprise people, uh, but I just feel it's an important step in what could become a global conflict in the next five years. So this week, Iranian and Chinese officials announced the establishment of China's first consulate general in Iran. Now, oh, yes, um, the, the Chinese ambassador <laughs> to Iran said it was a fresh landmark moment in China-Iran relations. Uh, as well, he said the move will deepen China's mutually beneficial cooperation with southern Iran and bear more fruits of the China-Iran friendship.
0: For now, they think it will do that. Yeah. They step one toe out of line. I don't think Iran will put up with that at all. And honestly. I think vice versa. Well, they don't. Well, Iran's not establishing a friggin'. That's true. Whatever. They're not establishing anything in China. China is going into their territory. So that's what I'm Correct. that's what I'm getting at. There there's not gonna be a consulate general of theirs in China. So that's what I'm talking about. Anyways, I mean it's good to see things taking shape, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: At but least we can got- identify it.
0: Yeah, we've got Russia, China, and Iran working closely, and the US, UK, Australia, and New Zealand tightening their alliances. You mentioned five years, and that puts us at 2028. Do you think a global conflict will start in 2028?
1: I still believe, my analysis still shows, that it's going to start much sooner than that. Um, Yeah. So, Nothing at this moment has happened to shift the 2025 plan from China. Uh, now, the funny thing about geopolitics is it can change in a moment. So, yeah, you look back to how just how different the world is today since 2020, since we mm-hmm. had you know global pandemic that completely shut down the world. We'd also go back to 2001 uh, after September 11th in the United States. The entire geopolitical landscape changed. Yeah. So we're going to keep discussing these things and we're going to keep adjusting our assessments if that needs to be. But uh, we're still on track for 2025.
0: Okay, well, let's stick with China and talk about what its strategic support force is.
1: Yeah, so this was another deep dive Instagram post um, that we did, which detailed the People's Liberation Army Strategic Support Force, which was established December of 2015. As part of Xi's first wave of reforms for the Chinese military, now that force is led by General Zhu Yunsheng. Um, he's been the commander of the force since June 2021. Before that, he was in charge of the Network Systems Department, so he was uh, he dealt a lot with like cyber uh, mm-hmm. and hacking those kind of things. Yeah. Now his lieutenant general actually has a background in space. Um, he was stationed at the taiwan satellite launch center for more than a decade
0: do you find it interesting that they tabbed someone with a background in satellite equipment
1: um i do so it shows that china agrees with um a lot of the power players in the world that space is the next frontier
0: oh my gosh i never thought i'd be alive for that
1: right Uh, (laughs) as far as in the united states uh we've known this for a while um, yeah. that China knows that space is the next frontier, um, they're not really hiding their intentions in space. They are not only developing new satellites, but also developing anti-satellite weapons that would be used to knock out adversary satellites from the U.S. and other adversarial countries.
0: Oh, that that sounds like another conflict waiting to happen. Just, oops, accidentally did it, you know? <laughs> Oops, that was an accident. I didn't know it's in space. I can't see it from here. <laughs> so do you know how they plan on attacking the, the satellites?
1: Um I so I do. Um a lot of it is highly classified. All but, right. Um it does have a lot to do with I'm, I'm sure everybody can already figure this stuff out. It's got to do with lasers and sort of jamming systems to to Yeah, jam like Star Wars APL shit. shit. Correct, yeah. If you watch Star Wars, you know exactly what's going to happen. hmm <laughs> Or Star Trek. Um, oh,
0: yeah. Very important to mention the Trekkies.
1: Yes. We are on both sides.
0: hmm uh, But
1: <laughs> that's actually all I can really say about China's space program on this show.
0: Okay, cool. That's fine. Okay. So let's move on to Turkey and Greece and get into the emerging conflict between those two countries. What the heck happened this week to escalate tensions?
1: So Turkey and Greece actually have a long history of strained relations. Um, And this week, it was not helped by the fact that Turkey accused Greece of attempting to intercept F-16 fighters during a NATO exercise over the Aegean Sea. Um, Turkish officials said the Greek Air Force once again tried to intercept Turkish F-16 fighter jets over the Aegean Sea, but received an appropriate response. They did not mm. say what that appropriate response was. <laughs> yeah, But the Greek Defense Ministry countered by denying Turkey's claims that Athens deployed its S-300 surface-to-air missile system. It's a missile system that Ukraine and Russia uses. Um and they said they didn't use it against Turkey's F-16s. They described the statement as a myth aimed at creating a hostile attitude towards Greece.
0: Sounds like what somebody's going to probably do with the satellite stuff in space. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> myths. They're going to use myths <laughs> aimed at creating a hostile attitude towards A, <laughs> B, and C, and D. Okay. So what what really happened
1: well, before I do that, that's great. I'm going to highlight that statement. Creating a hostile attitude towards... would we'll just keep putting in countries a, there.
0: A, B, C, D, yeah. Yeah. Whomever. But,
1: um, as of right now, it's clear to me that Greece did something to deter Turkish jets from flying over the Aegean Sea, which does have some disputed areas between the two nations. Um, did they use surface-to-air missiles? I kind of doubt that, but um, I'm sure they sent stern warnings to the pilots flying over that um, any encroachment on Greek airspace would be retaliated against.
0: Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. So how close are those two countries to getting into a conflict, whether it be minor or major, just
1: whatever? Well, they're not as close as they were in the summer of 2020. Um, Okay. But so that is when Greece had to mobilize its armed forces because Turkey had launched a what they called a seismic survey in the eastern Mediterranean in mm-hmm. sort of that area that is... Uh, Athens calls it an exclusive economic zone.
0: Well, hopefully those two nations can come to some sort of agreement and there will be no conflict <laughs> in the Mediterranean <laughs> for a little while. Hope- I mean, moving, moving across... Regions On the verge of conflict, let's talk North Korea and why they are upset again with the United States and South Korea.
1: Yeah, that's a perfect transition. So okay. um, the United States flew nuclear capable bombers and also advanced stealth jets this week in a show of force against North Korea.
0: We don't know a lot about North Korea, but I'm pretty sure it's safe to say that they didn't like that action by the U.S., but honestly, who are they to say anything after the crap <laughs> they've been pulling the
1: last? So that's you know all all of that is correct. Um, let's start with your first statement that it's safe to say they didn't like it. Um, yeah, Kim, Kim Jong Un's sister ridiculed U.S. and South Korean doubts about the country's military, and then she also threatened right. the full range of intercontinental. Ballistic missile tests.
0: It's kind of weird that she's speaking up so much more now, right?
1: Yeah, she's making her way into the role of the next president what? of North Korea. So is the he next about to supreme die? leader? Um, I don't know. And like you said, uh, we don't know a lot. If you remember, it's in twenty twenty, yeah, the, yeah, it's very weird. Um, yeah. In in twenty twenty, we had a reporting and intelligence reporting. Um, yeah. That, that he was already injured, dead, right? That he had died. He had a yeah. heart attack and he died. Um, and that was not true.
0: Yeah. <laughs> sneaky, <laughs> but, sneaky.
1: Exactly. But now she's talking for him. Um, and he also uh, walked out he's with parading his daughter. His, yeah,
0: he's parading his daughter around a whole lot too.
1: Another interesting thing. And there could be some conflict between him and his sister on who is going to take over I just after think, his passing.
0: But it's two women. Hey, to, I mean, I guess right now it's a little girl and her aunt, <laughs> but hey, they're more forward thinking than we thought.
1: 2023, the year of women.
0: The year of women despots.
1: Mm, love it. Um, no, now, not
0: really. Not really. <laughs> not really. He doesn't. <laughs> we'll
1: <laughs> leave that for a different episode, honey. Yeah, here we go. But as we have reported on several yeah. occasions, do not out me. Um
0: you're outing yourself dude (laughs) that's
1: very true um i tend to do that but north korea they've already fired a record number of missiles this year Um, yeah but there are concerns that this most recent show of force from the u.s will have north korea reacting um with a more dangerous round of missile tests that could show the ability to hit sites in the united states
0: So, why did the U.S. decide to perform a show of force against North Korea? Was there a particular action by Kim Jong-un or just some American exceptionalism at play?
1: Oh, that's, uh, both of those statements can be true, and I think they probably are true. Okay. You know, uh, so first, your first was a particular action by Kim Jong-un. Yes, it was. Um, Mm -hmm. The action was the reporting of a possible spy satellite sent into space by Kim's regime, which uh, had the U.S. on the offensive. Now, I will also say that that also shows American exceptionalism, that you can't do that, only we can do that. Yeah. And and we're going to show you why. Um, Yeah. But this is... So that action was to let Kim Jong-un know that further provocations are going to be dealt with swiftly, and they may include nuclear weapons if he decides to use his own nuclear arsenal.
0: Here we are, back to discussing nuclear weapons. Do you want to give your assessment for 2023? Are we going to see a nuke be used?
1: Now, huh, I'll get a lot of flack for this, and uh, I hate to say it. Um, yeah. But I have moved to leaning more towards uh, the fact that we will see a nuclear weapon used in 2023.
0: Please be wrong. I hope I am. Be Uh, wrong.
1: But I can say it's not going to come from North Korea. Okay. It will come from Russia, uh, Mm -hmm. but it's not going to be how most people view a nuclear weapon being used. Like the
0: mushroom cloud?
1: Right. Okay. Um, So very soon, Russia is going to run out of conventional weapons. Mm-hmm. They're already It's already happening because they're already using what were nuclear-capable weapons, taking the, the nuke out and putting conventional munitions in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but as those weapons are depleted, they're going to have to decide if they want to completely knock out the Ukrainian infrastructure or just lose the war. Um, at that moment, they're not going to lose the war. That's not what Putin is going to allow them to do. Yeah. Not without a fight. So I see that they will use a tactical nuclear weapon as an electromagnetic pulse that's going to short circuit a wide range of electronic equipment. Um, They're going to try to take out computers, satellites, radios, um, radars, even civilian traffic lights and various other, um, you know, civilian use
0: equipment. Well, Well, would that be the catalyst to get NATO involved?
1: I, at this point, I just don't know.
0: That's crazy.
1: Um, it, it, very well could, but with NATO, we're dealing with multiple humans attempting to make a definitive decision. Uh, so yeah. the actions are hard to protect, to predict. Um, mm-hmm. you, I'm, people might be thinking right now, but you were all in on Russia going and, and invading Ukraine and you had the date, but Russia's invasion of Ukraine was easy. Uh, cause it was one guy. It was Putin was making the call, um, Also, he surrounded himself with all these yes-men, so they weren't going to stop him.
0: Yeah. Well, 2023 is already ramping up to be a wild ride, you know, kind of like the last few years have been, if your predictions come true anyways. Let's get into the recent release of Hostages. First of all, since it's Christmas, is it safe to say that these releases were part of some I'm not going to say Christmas. It's holiday a holiday capitulation.
1: Okay. You know, we got, not, we got Hanukkah going on and Not
0: not a Christmas capitulation, a holiday capitulation.
1: Now, um I will answer that by saying that it does feel that it seems that way to me. Yeah. And it also goes for the Britney Griner release as well. Um sort of a and, and I like how you did group holiday in there because all the holidays mm-hmm. coming around in this time of year, yeah, I think kind of led to a goodwill gesture um, across the board. So that's good. Let's first get into who was re- released recently with uh, Afghanistan, where two hostages were released. One of which is a documentarian that was kidnapped while filming near the site of a drone strike that had killed the Al Qaeda leader, Ayman al-Zawahiri. Um, so Ned Price, who's the State Department spokesman, said the release was not part of a prisoner exchange and that no money was paid for the American's release. He said it appeared to be a goodwill gesture on the part of the Taliban, which really is why I believe it could be a holiday goodwill gesture.
0: And then what about the other release?
1: Well, update here, that never happened. hmm so that began as speculation from Venezuelan journalists, but Luke alexander Denman and Aaron Barry continue to be detained in their prison cell in Venezuela. Um, it is prudent to say that the United States, as far as U.S. officials, never confirmed this report. Oh, um, well, bad re-
0: on us reporting it, huh?
1: Yes. Uh, original reporting was from a Venezuelan reporter on Twitter said that the two men were seen being transferred to the airport, but that report has been denied by U.S. officials. Like I said, never confirmed in the original report. Now, um, the office of U.S. Senator Marco Rubio said the two detained men never left and only met with U.S. officials. No comment was given on what the conversation entailed.
0: So you got that wrong.
1: I did. Um, I, I really did. And it's a little... I was a little quick on the draw, Mm -hmm. And the signs were there to dismiss the original reporting.
0: And what signs were those?
1: Uh, I'll give a peek behind the analysis curtain. So what happens in these situations is I get an alert and then use open source to verify that report. Now, Mm -hmm. I tend to only go off multi-source reporting. And this was true for this report. Multiple Venezuelan accounts confirmed they had been moved to the airport to be released.
0: Then I ask again, what were the signs that it was false?
1: No one else was reporting about it. No one. Um, For me, that's normally a huge red flag. Even if it's happening in the U.S., if it's the New York Times reporting on something and no one else uh, wants to touch it, that's a pretty big red flag for misinformation. Okay. Um, If the two men had been released... With their stature and what they did in Venezuela, there would be multiple sources in the U.S. reporting on it, um, and it didn't happen. So I succumb to what we call in the intelligence community as circular reporting fallacy.
0: Before we um, get any farther, because I don't want to forget my question, uh, what did they do
1: in Venezuela? Yeah, so they are um, former Special Forces personnel who started a, uh, or were part of um, basically an intelligence company in the U.S., and they decided, we don't know if the U.S. was behind this or not, the U.S. has denied it, but they decided to go on a mission to start a coup in Venezuela, kidnap the President Maduro, and bring him back to the United States for questioning.
0: Uh Oh. of course the us didn't you know the us isn't going to take
1: <laughs>
0: take responsibility for that okay well thank you for clearing that up so back to the other um, circular question.
1: reporting fallacy yeah
0: what what is a circular reporting fallacy
1: okay so i'm going to also say that this what i'm saying is it, it isn't 100% a circular reporting fallacy but okay. what usually happens in in this is Multiple people report something, but that same exact report is based off of one singular analysis, uh, meaning every other report or every other person that's reporting on the event is using one, same, one singular source, the same source. Uh, so while it appears multiple sources are reporting on that event, it really is just one. It's single sourced, which in intelligence, you don't want single sourced intelligence. Uh, I will shout out to Ricardo Munez who goes or Munoz, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Who goes by Riconomics on Instagram. So he actually did a recent post on circular reporting fallacy with examples. Um, so like I always say with intelligence analysis, it's not an exact science and you get some things wrong. Hopefully we get more right than wrong in the future. But I think it is important to say when you get something wrong and be transparent about it.
0: Well, good. I'm actually grateful that you did that, too. So thank you. Um, what? <clears throat> so so moving forward, we will obviously be more mindful of those things. Correct. And if you feel it in your gut that maybe it's wrong, we're not going to report it. OK? Yeah,
1: we're going to. I'm, I'm, I've got this <laughs> statement that I, I'm going to just blast everywhere that I see things um, to keep my mind focused on it. And it is we're not here to be the first to report something. We're here to report a fact. Um, yeah. And and on this one, I tried to be the first and it it came back and bit me. And yeah. that's that's the truth. Lesson learned. Lesson learned. learned.
0: We uh, it's all right. We'll we'll get we're getting better. So let's better. let's get into history's mysteries cuz yeah, you know. Yeah.
1: Let's do it. Um like yeah. I said it's uh it's the Christmas season or the holiday mm-hmm. season. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, I did want to say I did I, I went back and you were right about the great Christmas truce that happened. Um, it was during World War One.
0: Yeah, I knew it was a, a total dum dum, just no, a you partial dum dum. it's not, you, you not that. It right? It's just that my my mouth starts moving and it takes a while for my brain to catch up. And usually in that. <laughs> in those few moments while I'm processing, I also put my foot in my mouth. And then I just never recover what I'm trying to say. So
1: Hey, I think we I'm, all I'm, we all do I'm, that. Surprised. Humans have I'm, a slow processing.
0: Oh pff, boy do they. <laughs> <laughs> um
1: now, like I said at the beginning, I wanted to get as close to a Christmas spy story as I could. Okay. Um, there's not many famous ones out there for the, the Christmas season famous well there, there's pretty much none that okay, I could the, find
0: yeah word it like that Yeah, that yeah. So doesn't have to be famous the whole point is that you're teaching us things that we don't necessarily know about
1: so right. I hope everyone's ready for this one
0: I am um, let's do it
1: here we go so okay. this is uh about our Ar- Arthur Graham Owens who was a Welsh double agent for the Allies during World War II um, okay. The Allies, as we know, that's UK, US, what you would say are the good guys. Yeah. Now he was actually working for Britain's MI five while also appearing to German intelligence to be one of their assets and agents. Um,
0: Ooh.
1: Now the reason I call this a sort of Christmas holiday spy story is that he was go- He went by the code name for MI five as Snow which was just chosen because it's a play on his last name. Um, he's Owens. They said, let's do snow as his code but take, name.
0: But take the E out.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, like I said, I think it's it's fitting this week as uh, everyone in the United States, except for our home, is dealing with a wild winter storm. We missed that one.
0: Bummer. We just I was, got wetness. I was yeah, we it's just been wet and gross. So, was Owens a double agent, or did he gain favor with the Nazis and use that to transfer intelligence to Britain?
1: So, as a Welsh nationalist, Owens did not have any loyalty to the United Kingdom. Yikes. Um So, yes, he did provide intelligence to Germany. Mm-mm-mm. And a little uh, fun fact: While he was paid handsomely for his intelligence that he gave to Germany, that was not why he was in the spying game.
0: I'm sure it's part of it, but <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean that's not typically true for spies or double agents and the like. So why was he in the spying game if it wasn't for
1: money? All right, Wendy earmuffs. I told Josh I'd, I'd get this uh, Wendy earmuffs, earmuffs before. Yes. yes, he did it for the sex. What? So his real interest was sexual. And that's because German intelligence provided numerous attractive women for him to have sex with.
0: So they traffic women to him? If the German intelligence are bringing him the women, they're technically being trafficked, aren't they?
1: (laughs) I mean, yes.
0: Uh, Oh my gosh, that's so gross. So would that be considered a honeypot? Thing. I mean,
1: it Kinda. could be, Kinda. but <laughs> I mean, a honeypot usually is you don't know what's happening and you're trying to get, you know, yeah. the person on the other side's trying to get information out of you. Yeah. Um, and he knew. He knew the women were only interested because he was providing intelligence for the Germans who were offering the women up. Um, now, Mi5, the British intelligence, believed that Owens was primarily interested in making money from both sides, and that meant neither side could trust him entirely. Um, and the but Mi5 still reaped did, the
0: benefits.
1: <laughs> they did, yeah, uh, he did, and also, you know, the the UK did as well. They they reaped some benefits. Um, he was permitted to continue radio transmissions to Germany, even though he wasn't fully trusted. But um, the MI5 tried to make sure that Owens only passed information to the Germans that they personally had given that MI5 had given him. Okay. Now on the flip side, the Germans still believed in Owens; they had no trust issues with him. Um, But they were feeding him misinformation about a planned invasion of Britain. While they were doing that, Owens was sending misinformation to Germany about. A bombing of Britain. So, both sides sending out misinformation to to each other. Basically, through this one
0: guy, through this one guy who just wants to get
1: laid. laid. Um, he was—he's the epitome of a double agent. Um, mm-hmm. It really doesn't seem as if he had any allegiances except to himself. Um, now, as we all know, the Allies went on to win the war, and the geopolitical landscape of Europe honestly has never been the same
0: but what happened to him if they knew that he was a double agent why didn't they do something about it
1: uh well that what, they,
0: what happened to that they jerk? didn't
1: do what happened to the jerk
0: what happened to him
1: they um they honestly didn't do anything germany didn't know until afterwards that he was providing um that but sort he was of information. more on he was
0: more on their side anyway. So I'm asking why England didn't do something. Well, like, I England mean, England was right to not trust him. To I not, just did
1: not trust him, but he offered up a lot of good intelligence and information, especially uh, with German <laughs> naval assets oh, okay. um, and helping them understand German naval assets and the ability to destroy uh, those assets. And so for that, he was given medals. Um, he was oh my allowed. Gosh. To, people were you know,
0: killed for less. Like,
1: <laughs> people are still killed for less today. I
0: just don't. I just. I. I don't get it. But that that was kind of an annoying one. Okay. But he like he was taking money from England, taking the German chicks from Germany, and reaping all the benefits and the rewards. And even though England didn't trust him, he still got to live his life. That's, I guess, as someone who has had a rough road, it's a little infuriating when things go so easily for people.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And the moral of the story is, if Mm. you look out for only yourself, maybe you can make it in the world.
0: Oh my gosh, no. (laughs) That is not the moral. Don't listen to that, (laughs) Wendy. Terrible, terrible advice. Anything else for that? Anything else for this week, dude?
1: That is all I've got for this week.
0: Okay, well, as always, if you like this show, please try to tell at least one person about us. We can be found wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have a moment, head over to Apple or Spotify Podcasts and give us a five-star review because those can help us get noticed by thousands of podcast listeners globally. Also, if you would like in-depth coverage of these stories and more, we promise Carvin won't be flying by the seat of his pants and posting whatever nope. we'll be doing. <laughs> we will be vetting things a little better. Um, Please follow us on Instagram at Oakwin Analytics.
1: Tiana, thank you so much. Mm -hmm. And until next week, stay safe out there.